0: Hey there, travelers. Welcome back to the On Her Own podcast. I realize I've never really introduced myself here, maybe a little bit, but hi, I'm Ellie. The past few episodes I've made literally just thinking my friends on Instagram would find them, and they have, and maybe one day you'll find it too, and you'll have no idea who the hell I am. So Hello. Yes, my name is Ellie. I started this podcast as I adventured out living in my car on the road and it has unfolded into so much more of honest conversations and talking about life and sharing about the things in between my travels. Right now, I am taking a little vacay in Florida and before that, I am working to sell my car to purchase a van and get back on the road. I want to build my tiny home and I want to adventure and continue to see this country and the world whenever it opens back up. So in between all the travel talks, we're really just talking about life. We're talking about shared experiences. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about spirituality. We're talking about self-care, life experiences that I'm going through. And hopefully by sharing those, they either make you feel less alone Or just give you something that you need, or maybe just a little bit of entertainment. Who knows? Whatever you need, I hope you're getting it out of this podcast as you're listening and following along. And I really appreciate you being here. So, yes, I am back in Florida. I was in Florida the beginning of this year in early mid-january and i had a solo travel then i took my car out this way and it was just so nice to have the freedom of having a car i've come out to florida before with family and it's something about not having a car that makes me feel a little bit anxious i don't like not being able to get around right now i am here with my mom and we're having a little mother-daughter vacation time and my mom is like one of my best friends if not my best friend so It's really great to connect with her some more, especially since I've been on the road so much in the past half of a year that we don't get a lot of time together, plus COVID we get even less time together, and before COVID I was flying out a few times a year to see her when I was living in different states. So just here for a few days before I return back to Wisconsin to get everything wrapped up, to get my car, to get my money, to get my van, and to start building everything out so I can have my home on the road. So I believe during a few episodes I have mentioned mental health, anxiety, depression, things that I have experienced and gone through, and a few days ago I shared on Instagram about some anxiety that I was going through, and a lot of people were super supportive, a lot of my friends responded to those stories and were just so kind and encouraging and loving, and it was not at all what I was, like, going after I wasn't fishing for support or anything I was just like in the moment of my anxiety and some shit and was like I don't know I'm just gonna shit post on my Instagram stories and just shared a picture of me like spacing out and being like anxiety is a 7 out of 10 but at least I showered today because that's an accomplishment we can all relate to if you've ever struggled with some forms of mental health. And I wanted to expand on my experience with anxiety because it's something I don't talk about a lot, but I know so many people can relate to that and have gone through some form or another of anxiety. For me, the last few years, I don't know if I've just become more aware of my anxiety and so it feels more present or if it's actually gotten worse, but for some reason it feels like it may have gotten worse. Maybe something with healing my depression brings out anxiety more. I'm not sure if that's how that works, if they're codependent on one another, but sometimes that's how it feels. The first time I ever thought I had an issue with anxiety was when I had a full-blown panic attack when I was in high school. And, I mean, I thought I was going to die. I just thought I was going to stop breathing at the time it felt like I lost the three closest people to me which just felt insane and I've gone through this pattern over and over again in my life where I get really close to people and then something shifts and it's not so much as there's something wrong with one of us but more so each of us are going into a different path of our lives and we're just not meant to be close anymore which sucks and makes me feel like there's something wrong with me In the sense of why am I losing everybody close to me? But at this time, I was in high school. I think I had like just gotten back from seeing my dad. And I kind of cut things off in a way with him. Because we had always had a bit of a rocky relationship. I think I just got sick of some things. And I think this was the time that I left a letter. And I was like, hey, if things don't get better. Like I don't want to come back to visit. That was really hard to do because I wanted to have a close relationship with him, but it didn't seem possible at the time. And on top of that, I came back to breaking up with my boyfriend at the time and also fighting with my best friend at the time. And I think finally ending it with her and saying, we can't be friends anymore. And those are my three people that, well... least the two people my boyfriend and my best friend and then you know my dad who I wanted to work on our relationship and it just felt like my world was crumbling and I was just so alone one thing about anxiety that I've personally experienced and maybe this isn't for everyone but it makes your view of the world really distorted so like even though I could logically look at that situation and go I'm not alone like I've got some friends at school my mom's in the other room like I have people maybe they're not as close as those other relationships that I lost But I have people You're not always able to see that in that moment Anxiety clouds all of that And just shows you this tunnel vision Of you are alone It's only you No one loves you All of the terrible things And I just started to freak out And I went into, you know, hyperventilation And had a panic attack And I was really grateful Because I had a friend at the time Who, and it's so funny to say like I had a friend at the time Who we were talking And we were close enough That he could help me through this And still at the same time Think I was so alone But that again is that tunnel vision and that distortion of what was really going on So I had this friend and I'm you know I see so many people are around for a reason a season or a lifetime and so many people for me are around for a reason and a season (laughs) And this is a friend who was around for a reason and he helped me through this panic attack and I was able to text him while it was happening. And I think I told him what was going on and he called me and I told him, I was like, I literally, I texted him. I was like, I literally can't speak. And so he just sat there on the phone with me and he talked with me and I think at one point he started playing guitar and maybe even, I don't know if he sang. I just remember there being music and he was playing it and I started to calm down. I started to be able to breathe again. I don't remember if I could talk to him at the end of it, but I was just calmer and that was the only thing that got me through it. I didn't think I could get myself through it, which is crazy because I've always felt so in control in a way of my mental health and the fact of it's never gonna go overboard. I'm never so out of control that I would, you know, pass out from a panic attack or you know anything extreme because I always felt like there was some part of my logic coming in saying that's too far that's too much even if you feel yourself going down that path it's not going to happen because we can pull you back i was that way for most of the time because i was a control freak <laughs> to put it simply i was a control freak i wanted to be in control of everything in my life that goes back to the part at the beginning where I was like, I like having a car and I don't like when I'm here and I don't have a car because I want to be in control. That's really what it's about. So that was the first time I acknowledged having an issue with panic and anxiety. And I'm not even sure if I even talked to my therapist about that in high school. Now that I think about it, I have no idea. I was in therapy for seven years, starting in high school, it changed everything. And one of the biggest things that helped, like I was saying with the distortion and the way that anxiety can just give you this tunnel vision or, you know, any mental health can give you that tunnel vision I experienced that with depression too where it was just like you're just looking at the worst parts of yourself or the worst parts of the world my therapist put it into the fact of identify that voice don't identify with it as it being you so when you're having those thoughts of like oh my god I'm so alone this is the only the only something wrong with me I'm always going to be alone I was able to apply what she said and in that situation if I (laughs) had known at the time I would have been able to be like oh my god this is this is anxiety this is anxiety so I know this is disordered thinking and this is anxiety and even if it doesn't make it go away it makes it easier to handle because you're able to pull yourself away and not identify with those thoughts as them being real or them being your own and instead put them outside of yourself and be able to look at them and view them as this this other entity so to say so I would say for my mental health journey that's been absolutely monumental and the biggest thing that my first therapist gave me which I'm so grateful grateful for and I use it to this day and it's helped me become so aware of myself where I can really really check in and I know what I need in a given moment even if I'm really struggling with depression or anxiety or whatever I'm going through it's really a lot easier for me to check in and it wasn't instant when she told me that it wasn't like oh cool like every time I have an anxious thought or depressed thought like I just immediately am like that's that's anxiety that's depression it was a slow time working at it and I mean probably the second half of high school and most of college and by the time I was out of college I felt very self-aware and to this day it comes up even more and more where I've had friends say something to me of like oh you know that about yourself like <laughs> wow I'm like yeah I'm Overly self aware, which sometimes has its downsides, but I'm overall really grateful for it. And it really helps me to check in and keep my mental health in a better balance. And also, when I'm talking to my therapist, it gives me a better tool to be able to communicate and share with her what I'm feeling and what I'm going through because I can look at it from the perspective of I know this is anxiety and let's talk about like how I can tackle this instead of identifying with it. And she's got to work to get me to not identify with. With it and like pull away from it first before we can work on it. But yeah, the last few years, I I think it's more so that I've become more aware of my anxiety, possibly, or maybe even that in my depression getting better, the anxiety is increasing. I don't know exactly what it is, but in some of that, it's been difficult lately, and it almost seems like my anxiety's gotten worse. Like the depression was really heavy in high school, and the anxiety has crept in the last few years. And maybe it was because I wasn't aware of the anxiety. Maybe it was because I didn't think I had anxiety and I didn't identify with that, so I wasn't aware of it. And then becoming more aware of myself, I was like, oh, these thoughts, this feeling right now, this doesn't feel good and that's not me. Maybe I just thought it was normal before. For me today, experiencing anxiety makes it really hard to function, really hard to focus. It feels very frazzled depending on how bad the anxiety is. It can feel anywhere from just like a a little, Bit of anxiety, a little bit of anxious. I'm hyper aware of everything going on around me. I'm a little freaked out about it. I'm judging myself. It's hard to get myself to work. It's hard to focus on one thing because it feels like the insides of my body are spinning. I don't know. I think that's a good way to describe it. Like, I don't physically feel like I'm spinning, but like inside of me feels like it's spinning. Um, And I think frazzled and kind of like it's sometimes hard to put it into words, but my body feels like staticky and unstable. Like, all of me isn't together. And a lot of that has manifested into dissociation I feel like I should look up dissociation and give the definition of that because if you haven't experienced it it's kind of hard to understand what it is and of course I'm not the best at dissociation or just typing in all right dissociation noun the disconnection or separation of something from something <laughs> So from this matter, it would be my consciousness or my mental self from my physical self, maybe? I don't know. Um, from playing something, something else or the state of being disconnected. Psychiatry definition is separation of normally related mental processes resulting in one group functioning independently from the rest. I feel like these aren't the best, but basically it's like disconnecting from your body. Sometimes it's the sense where I'm like, I haven't forgotten where I am, but it's the feeling of, I feel like I don't know where I am. That's the best way I can think of describing it. And then within that there's derealization and depersonalization, which are both things that I've experienced. And depersonalization in psychiatry is a state in which one's thoughts and feelings seem unreal or not belonging to oneself or in which one loses all sense of identity personally and a lot of people i've talked to it isn't to that end of completely losing your sense of identity and like actually not knowing who you are which i believe that could happen but from my experience a lot of people just feels like very disconnected like it's this feeling of i'm not me and this is different from derealization where derealization is feeling that your surroundings aren't real, like you're in a dream state. I've experienced both of those. Typically it's more derealization than depersonalization where the other day when I kind of shared about my anxiety later on in the day, it got worse and I was just sitting there being like, I don't feel like I'm here. Like, I don't feel like I'm in my body right now. Like, I look and I know I'm in my body. It's not like anything looks different, but it's this feeling of everything kind of feels like it's in a dream state. I don't really feel like I'm here right now. And that's the best way to describe it. And from my understanding, it is the body's way of coping with whatever you're going through. So for me, that's my anxiety. And if my anxiety gets bad enough, my dissociation or my derealization kicks in, and it's cool to make you feel feel safe, which (laughs) in a way doesn't make sense because I'm like, this doesn't make me feel safe. This makes me feel worse. But because the body is freaking out and the anxiety, it's like, cool, instead of experiencing anxiety, we're going to feel like we're not here right now and just check out of the body and it's really uncomfortable especially when you're around other people and maybe they're not people that you're comfortable with telling them that you're experiencing this it can be even harder I'm really grateful that mainly the people I'm surrounded by are friends and family who I am well them specifically and myself I feel very comfortable in speaking about my mental health and I also trust the people I'm around to say here's what I'm going through right now and some of my family doesn't understand what it is but they're also willing to learn and are open to me explaining to them what this all means and what this experience is like for me so that they know okay you're in this state right now you're not just like not present and like choosing not to engage with us you are anxious or whatever it is right now and you're just not fully here. My mom has been one of those people who's been really supportive and helpful through this all where I can tell her what's going on and she doesn't have experience with this or much knowledge of it but she's really open to learning and to understanding what I'm going through and I know that's been one of the top reasons that it's been... Been easy for me to get help and to handle this in a way that's not going to spiral out of control is because I've got people around me who are willing to understand, who are willing to support and who are willing to listen. So I'm also able to feel safe in my surroundings by having people that make that environment feel safe. One of the things I recently, recently, within the last couple years, learned about association is it can actually affect your depth perception and just the way like the world feels, which makes a lot of sense. If you're feeling like you're in a dream, things aren't good to feel normal for example there's a cup right in front of me and my mind registers that I can reach out and grab that cup very easily whereas maybe in dissociation it's gonna look the same but it might feel like the cup is either way bigger way smaller or actually farther away or way closer and that flipped a switch on for me and one of the things that made me think that I may have had anxiety way longer than I thought because I have memories of childhood of feeling like my depth perception was off of feeling like why does it feel like the tv's right in front of my face but I'm looking around I'm looking at the tv and I know it's all the way across the room I know how far it is from me but the way it feels which is you know kind of our not the physical depth perception but the mental depth perception of it feels like it's right in front of my face and it's overstimulating to an extent I think that it can also affect sensory and you know this is all me talking about my own experience (laughs) this is not in any way me being like this is everybody's experience but from my experience it affects my senses and like my sensory overstimulation or under simulation in a way where that feels, you know, super close to me and it's just in my face blaring and it's because I'm dissociation and I don't feel like I'm here right now and the way I'm perceiving the world is is a little bit different because my body is anxious and it's trying to take care of me. And it's trying to keep me safe. So it's going to be like, hey, we're going to pull away and feel like we're not here right now. And I think one of these things too is the stimulation and the, the sensory perception. I can't think of what word I'm trying to think of. And it's interesting because I n- have heard a lot of sim- Symptoms that I've experienced also be something that people share about with ADHD. But I do know that there are a lot of shared symptoms between different neurodivergencies and different mental states or mental disorders that a lot of those can be shared experiences and shared symptoms. So there was a point where I was thinking, oh my gosh, maybe I don't have anxiety, maybe I have ADHD, like or maybe I have everything. And I'm not trying to self-diagnose myself at all, but it was just an interesting thought because I think some of the, you know, the overstimulation or the understimulation can be a part of the anxiety, but it shares some common symptoms with other things. So it can be confusing and think, maybe I have this, maybe I have that. And at the end of the day, if you think you're struggling with something, you should really just talk to somebody and figure it out if that's something you want to solve and get help with. But yeah, going back to my childhood, it would be like depth perception of the TV, feeling way too close, or it would just be so quiet around me and I was so anxious that it would in a way feel loud in my head, like my thoughts. I would just be thinking something, stuff and they would just feel so loud because it was so quiet around me that I would literally have to just say something out loud to break the silence. And the other thing that really made me think that I've had anxiety for a long time is I remember being a kid and just kind of like zoning out. And I think that was possibly my dissociation and just my body being like, hey, we're not safe. So we're just checking out of this moment right here and we're no longer here. So that was a really interesting thing to learn. And I haven't dove into it too much because the depth perception isn't super common anymore. I think it was really... Common a bit when I was in high school too, and when I was younger, but I don't experience that so much anymore. But it would be interesting to do some research on about different people's experiences, and that was how I heard of it first. I was watching a YouTube video of a woman who shared about her anxiety, and she shared about that and had said that it changes your depth perception. It changes that stuff, and I was like, no fucking way. That makes so much sense. Like that just puts everything together. Yeah, I think the biggest moments where I had like depth perception change was as I was a kid. It would be like watching the TV and all of a sudden it would feel really close to me or I would be in therapy or just like having a long conversation with somebody but mostly in therapy because that would be where I'd have long conversations with somebody and I would just be you know making eye contact staring at her talking and all of a sudden it would feel like why does her face feel like it's right in front of my face and I never told her about that and I should have because she probably could have told me oh yeah that's anxiety that's dissociation and it's so stupid there were so many things that I didn't tell her because I worked with her when I was under 18 and I was like I don't want her to tell my mom not that my mom would have been mad or anything but I was like I don't want to put more stuff on her plate yeah I don't really deal with that so much now now the anxiety is it just it stops me from doing things and it makes it difficult it makes it hard to just like execute things that I want to do because my brain is just kind of freaking out and all over the place it's really scattered and it's hard to collect myself and just focus on one thing so I had to take a lot of time off and I've had to take a lot of time off in the past to deal with my mental health and I've had to push things back and I'm working on it I'm working on figuring out what are better ways for me to cope because in the past, I just kind of shoved it down and pushed past it. And I'm in a place now where I don't want to push things down anymore. I want to heal them and solve them. And that means bringing them up and getting really uncomfortable with them instead of shoving them down pretending like they don't exist and pretending like everything is okay, which I ran like that for a long time. And I don't see that working anymore. So I've got like basic things of how I care for myself now. But I do know that continuing to work with my therapist and just test new things out, this is just going to evolve as I go but man one of the basic things is just food and water there's so many times when I'm feeling anxious and I'm just like fuck I haven't eaten in a while or I'm so dehydrated and my body is just not nourished and it's it doesn't function like that especially in the morning if I wait too long to eat I'll like start working and I'm like oh my god I'm so anxious I can't work right now well no shit you haven't had anything to eat CBD and weed have also been super helpful sometimes just CBD CBT can cough my nerves down but other times I'll just go smoke a little bit or will take a little bit of an edible. I'm really grateful to either be in or around states where it's legal so it's easy for me to obtain and I know that doesn't work for everyone but CBD is also really helpful if you can't. Not an ad but I really really love I have a dear friend Lauren and her husband Joe owns Cured Nutrition and they are one of the CBD companies where I actually am like oh it's working because there's so much junk CBD out there because everybody knows that there's such a big market for it and people aren't educated on CBD. So they'll just buy whatever they see. But there really is a difference in quality CBD. And I know so many people have been like, oh yeah, I tried it and it doesn't work for me. I'm like, you probably bought crap. Don't buy it off Amazon. So if y'all check out Cure Nutrition, they've got some amazing stuff and not an ad. But yeah, purely just because I've tried their stuff out before and it's one of the only ones that worked for me. I remember I tried their cookie dough out one time and I didn't look at how much CBD was in there. It was like 35 milligrams, which isn't like it's not weed. It's not going to get you high. But I ate the whole thing and I was just like, Wow, I'm like on a new level of chill. of like I'm so calm this is great and I really have loved their their rise capsules now that I'm thinking about it, I want to buy more of those because they're like energy but without the caffeine and I don't do caffeine anymore but then they are really calming because sometimes my anxiety will kick in the morning and that sucks because I am literally just want to start my day and get everything together and now I can't so can we please fuck off with the anxiety and recently my current therapist recommended to me l-tyrosine which is an amino acid and I want to do some more research I've only tested it out a little bit and again don't take any of this as suggestions as to what you should do I'm just sharing my experience but um, apparently it's an amino acid she explained to me that sometimes people have a hard time I think processing it or forming it in our bodies and that it can help people and what we were originally talking about was some of the symptoms that I described as being similar to ADHD of just not being able to focus and feeling like oh my god am I lazy and wanting to get things done so badly but just literally sitting there and like watching my day go by and being like, why can't I do any of these things? It's things I'm excited about. So that's also, I think been helpful for, I don't know, somehow regulating my anxiety too, because I've noticed on the days that I'm taking that, that is also subsided. I'm just kind of testing all these things out for myself right now and seeing how they go. And you know, if you're experiencing similar things, talk to somebody, it's it's easier to create a plan when you've got somebody who has experience with this stuff, but you also, you know, can experience with the basic things yourself, What kind of basic care does your body need right now that can improve it? What kind of environmental things makes it worse or makes it better? I know for me, one of the environmental things that I need is a quiet morning when I wake up. So sometimes for me, that even means I'll purposely sleep in and wait until people leave wherever I'm staying or wake up way earlier where nobody is awake yet. Just so I can have a quiet morning of being by myself and not talking to anybody yet and maybe just... Just journaling or just taking the morning slow and like easing my way into waking up instead of this abrupt jump, wake up, go into things where that can kind of trigger my anxiety if it's just too abrupt. And a lot of that is I can do that by myself if it's just me like rolling out of bed and just starting things right away. But if I wake up and then immediately have people talking to me, it throws me for a loop and like does not start my day well and often can trigger my anxiety right in the morning. And it's one thing if I'm just, oh, hello, good morning, like sleep well, cool, that's fine. But if somebody like engages me in a conversation, asks me a question about something. I'm like... I'm not ready. I'm not awake yet. It's almost like, you know, people who have another coffee in the morning, <laughs> except instead of making them upset, you're going to make them anxious. But I will say out of all of those things and something I mentioned earlier, the thing that makes it the easiest when I'm not alone, because if I'm alone and I'm anxious, there are a lot of other things I can do. But if I'm around people, if I'm in public, you know, when I had a job that I had to go in for, I used to work at a shoe store, I worked at a couple restaurants, in at a school. But the thing that made it a lot easier and actually made it better was when I just told people what I was going through and you know maybe that was I still showed up at work and I said hey I'm here I can work today this is fine but I need you to know that my anxiety is really bad today so if you just see me zoning out or maybe I'm not completely myself I just want you to know that and know that I'm still here I'm still ready to work but if I don't completely seem like myself it's not personal I'm just going through something and that changed a lot for me and I don't think of really any. Anybody who I shared that with who didn't take it at least semi well, maybe not everybody understood it But they were really compassionate. They were like, thank you for letting me know And is there anything that you need or you know, just really understanding and I did even have you know A couple places where I worked that I actually texted my boss and I was like, hey, I'm going to be late today My anxiety is really really bad and I literally cannot get out of the door And I remember that was my college I used to work for the props department and he was just so kind and so understanding and it was just that's okay okay, like take the time you need, we're going to be fine. And I really appreciated that. So I know not everybody's in that situation where they either have people that they feel safe enough around to speak up to, or maybe you don't feel confident or safe enough in expressing those needs to people. And, you know, it's a combination of working on getting comfortable with your own mental health. And that can be starting with having conversations with friends who you already know have, you know, similar experiences and getting comfortable talking about that. And maybe that could be working your way into talking with friends who don't have the same mental health issues, whatever that is for you. But for me personally, talking things out has always been really helpful no matter what it is because it just makes me less anxious knowing that the people around me know because I think what makes me freak out the most when I'm around other people and I have anxiety or depression or whatever I'm working through is fearing that they think that however I'm acting is personal to them. Thinking that I'm upset with them or that something's wrong that they can't control or that I'm upset about or just thinking I'm an asshole. So yeah, that's been my experience with anxiety. I'm still working through it. I think it's really helpful and healthy that we talk about things that we're continuing to go through. My friend Melanie Morton, who I freaking love, we had this conversation a few weeks ago about there are so many people talking about their experiences with mental health or struggles after the fact after they're better which is amazing and we still need that but there's not a lot of people talking about it during talking about their current experiences of you know hey this is me going through depression right now this is me going through anxiety right now this is me going through any mental health issues mental health disorders or just any health issues in general we don't talk about what it's actually like going through it it's the less glamorous part if you want to call that quote unquote because Everybody loves a triumph story of coming out on the other side like I beat this which is amazing And I want people to celebrate that That doesn't mean don't celebrate that But I think it can also be really helpful for people who are going through it to also hear from people who are going through it And that's actually what helped me a lot when I was growing up was with my depression having other friends that were going through that Not that I wanted them to go through that But finding each other and being able to talk about it and just talk about how shitty we were feeling and feeling less alone and feeling less like we were so abnormal and oh, there was something wrong with us. So I've said this a couple times. I am here and I'm more than happy to chat. And I love, I just love connecting with people no matter what it is. So I'm on Instagram, Rogers. You are more than welcome to reach out there. We'll probably have more honest chats, open chats. I don't even know what to call this. If you can think of a name, let me know. I'd love to brand this as something possibly. <laughs> but yeah, there'll be more open chats for a while. Hopefully weaved in with more travel stuff as everything starts to move along with the car and the van i will likely record a lot of that as i get the van and i start to build it out but that'll be a little bit for that so i want to continue showing up on here and having conversations with y'all so reach out for help have fun be safe and i'll talk to y'all real real soon